Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am the host of the day, Pam Marvin. And joining me in the studio is a reoccurring guest now. I can call you that, right? Sean Chapman Manning. Do you go by all three names or do you prefer? What's your preference? Manning's my maiden name. Okay. And so it's Sean Chapman. Sean Chapman. There yeah. you go. Okay. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's so good to have you back. I had you on recently and wanted to have you back again because we had such a lovely conversation. We're going to change the topic a little bit today on you. Again, it's November the 15th and it is the month of November, of course, and of the Holy Souls and Faithful Departed. And so I invited Sean to come back um, because she's got a really... I think a more of a bird's eye view of grieving and the month of November and Holy Souls. And since she's such an insightful um, and ponderer, I really love people that ponder a lot, that they make me look not so crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So I really enjoy your company and your insight, Sean. So thank you for coming on and sharing Mm -hmm. this very, um, very personal side of your life. So I appreciate you Mm -hmm. for saying yes for that. But to give our listeners a little more background on Sean, mm-hmm. I looked up your bio this time. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. She actually, I got this off of her blog spot, mm-hmm. which she blogs at Bethany Hangout. So if you want to hear more about what she has to say, it's just, it's beautifully put together. She's a lovely writer, very inspirational. But Sean is the, <clears throat> she is the mother of two young adult daughters, enthusiastic grandmother, of three small children and discalce secular Carmelite and a writer. She's a Catholic com- columnist for the Bryan College Station Eagle and a caregiver and author of the book, Come to Mary's House, Spending Time with Our Blessed Mother. And that is from Our Sunday Visitor. And it's available anywhere books are sold. And she likes hanging out with friends, reading and cooking awesome vegan food, and I dare say, pondering all things of our Lord. Yeah. Would that be accurate as well? Sure. Okay. So with that, um, Sean has a very interesting background, very rare. And um, I'm going to get emotional. Goodness gracious. I know, right? So I actually have known who Sean was um, since you were married to your first husband and the children were small So I've kind of watched from afar kind of your life unfold and I am amazed. I am um, in awe of how um, you have just risen from the ashes that you've been given over and over again. So if you wouldn't mind giving our listeners kind of your backstory um, to tell them about your, your, your story of love and loss. So let's go ahead and kind of start there, which gives you so much more of a unique um, qualification to talk about grieving and I dare say holy souls as well. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, before you knew me, my best friend died tragically at 17 in a car wreck. And he, he was on his way home with his first car. And that, I was an atheist at the time. And I was still unwilling to become more spiritual at the time of his death. However, he didn't, uh, (laughs) he wasn't going to let me do that because he kept showing up in my dreams and saying stuff. And 
You know, when you're actually confronted with something that you know is spiritual, you can't deny that, even if it doesn't make sense to you because you're an atheist and you were raised without religion. So I had a really powerful dream that is still really vivid to me now of seeing him in our high school gym, not a place we hung out, <laughs> but seeing him there. And he said, I needed to come by and see you because I'm really nervous. What are you nervous about? I'm saying, well, I'm on my way to see my father and I just wanted to see you first. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, I don't know how he's going to feel about me. I was like, your dad loves you. What are you talking about? Your dad totally loves you. And he goes, no, Sean, our father. And in the dream, this was not a problem to me. I was like, oh, oh, Philip, he's just going to take you in his arms and put you in his lap and, and love you and be so proud of you. You're such a beautiful person. Unlike the rest of us, you're such a beautiful person. And he said that I made him feel a lot better. And then he was going to leave. He said, I have to go now. And I wanted to go walk with him. And he said that I couldn't. You can't go out this door. You have to go out that door where you came in. And in the dream, it made sense to me. And I told his mom about the dream, and she was really excited. You know, she was very devout and everything, uh, Lutheran, I think. But I never, I didn't understand what it meant. But looking back at it now, I think it really opened a door for me. Even though I didn't, I didn't really know what to do with all that, you know? But I knew that I had experienced something real. I just couldn't deny that, you know? And interestingly enough, all of our friends, our circle of friends, they all had dreams about him mm, too. Interesting. Yeah. Some of them he just came and was joking and stuff like he used to do. Mm -hmm. And some of them he said cool things like, you know, I'm, I'm still with you or whatever. I thought it was cool nice. that when he came to me, he, he needed my comfort. <laughs> anyway, and then um, later, and I think it did open the door for me to start searching spiritually because not too long after that, my brother had to go to rehab. And they had the 12 steps there, which really offended me when I saw them. I told my parents, I thought you said you weren't going to put him in a religious place, you know, whatever. And they mm -hmm. were like, just calm down. It's not a religious place. That's AA stuff. And I'm like, I didn't know that was religious. You know, I was mm -hmm. all mad. I thought it was all a bunch of brainwashing, but my brain needed washing. And there's, <laughs> and there's nothing like grief to open you up, even when you yes. don't intend to, you know? Yeah. Oh, yes. And when mm -hmm. they started teaching us about how the steps worked and all that. Um, I was like, okay. And they told us we all needed to go to Al-Anon and everything or else my brother wasn't going to make it. So I started going and that gave me a real permission to seek, you know, mm -hmm. uh, suffering is the greatest teacher we have. That is so true. I just mm -hmm. want to like pause on that for just mm -hmm. a second. That is something that I think is a little more unique to our Catholic faith mm -hmm. um, and unheard of. It's why we Catholics keep Jesus on the crucifix right. to understand that was the greatest love ever told. So mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for that reminder that mm -hmm. suffering is a great teacher. 
Yeah. And um, that was brought up to me just a couple of nights after my my first husband had died in a car accident, too, which happened when we had a three-month-old baby. He was only 28, and I also had a little girl that was almost five. So it left me with two Small a children. newborn and a small child, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know. How old were you at the time? I had just turned 30. Okay, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my friends was Sister Maria Joseph, uh, and she had been a friend of ours. And she was from the Daughters of St. Paul, and she called a couple of nights after he had died, she had just heard. And she said some stuff that really kind of gave me direction for Mm. what I was doing. Because when your spouse dies, it's very hard not to want to die. It's it's real hard. Um, I didn't understand what I was still doing here. And how could he go someplace I could not go? You weren't actually with him when this happened, were you? No, his best friend was. Okay. Um, in the car with them and his best friend came out okay and he didn't make it so God rest his soul yeah yeah and she said when God when Jesus allows you to carry a portion of his cross he obliges himself to to fill the space and she said right now you have a treasure of grace you you have a rich repository of grace because of how you're carrying this crushing cross, you know? And and I said, so I should pray for everybody I can think of? And she said, yes, yes, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yes. And he, she said, what exact day did he die? And I told her, and she goes, oh, he died on a Saturday, Our Lady's Day. And he had been real devout and he had a strong devotion to Mary. And I told my kids that if you're looking for a man, look for one who has a strong devotion to Mary, is good with the little kids and has a good relationship with his mom. (laughs) Yeah, good advice. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. Um, He was all that. And he's the one that taught me the Hail Mary. He taught me how to pray the rosary. And the rosary has been very intertwined in all this. Because um, October, well, last month was the, the yeah. rosary. Now the Holy Souls, right. but yeah. Um, the day that he died, I had a rosary in my hand at the hospital. I, I knew my, one of my best friends was close by when he had the ax. She saw the accident, and and she came running out and she knew he, she talked to the EMTs and she knew he had a pulse when they put him in the ambulance uh, but i didn't know he was going to be dead when i got to the hospital i had my 3 month old in the sling mm-hmm. and when the ladies at the front desk saw me they, and i said who i was there for they looked at each other and their eyes got kind of big and i was like and um When they had a chaplain come out and talk to me, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And did you have your five-year-old holding her hand? Is she there with you? She was on the way with my mother. With your mom. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my brother. Um, they showed up with her a few minutes after I was told that he was dead. And 
I I said it's very nice that you're out here to talk to me, but I would really like to have my my chaplain, you know. And they said Father Dean is already on his way because nice. my husband was wearing this, and it okay. says I am a Catholic. Please call a priest, <laughs> and he okay. was the closest one. Yeah. So Father Dean Wilhelm was already on his way, and my my father and my stepmother were behind me, and they he said that your husband sustained a lot of injuries to his head and I thought whatever it is I'll take care of him you know Mm -hmm. and then they said that he was dead at the scene there was nothing we could do and I thought that um I thought all the thoughts like it's not true you know it's not true Sure, the denial yeah yeah on the stages it's a mistake because somebody else but this other part of my mind was really peaceful and calm and it said don't say that or they Mm. won't let you see him you know, be calm, stay calm. And I said, I need to see him. But they wouldn't let me until my priest got there. So Father Dean put his arm around me and we went in there together. I really felt like his soul was in the room. And so I told him that, well, first of all, I told him he looked fine because he was always worried about that. <laughs> and that's so So I loving. said, you don't, you don't look that bad. You know, you look okay. Um, and then I told him that I'm always going to love you and I'll always be your wife. I love you and you can go in freedom because you ran the race well. And and you were, you know, you lived a beautiful life. You're beautiful and I love you and go to God with nothing on your heart. Yeah. yeah and I beautiful. will take care of the kids. Please don't worry about me. Mm-hmm. Just go. Wow. Mm-hmm. And so I just recently saw that movie, you know, after death. Oh, really? How it, what it, was it? It was lovely. It. It, it, it's, it was just an, a really thorough doc, documentary mm-hmm. about scientifically what happens at the moment of death from near death mm-hmm. NDEs, a complete yeah, near I, death experience. And yeah, I've over had one of those. <laughs> time and time, have you really? So, mm-hmm. It was in my book. <laughs> yeah. Time and time again, mm-hmm. like you said, you felt like his soul was present there. Mm-hmm. Many of them will say mm-hmm. their spirit was there looking at, like, who's that on the table, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> that it was actually them. Mm-hmm. So, very, very common. I so felt like he was worried, right there. like he, he could have gone. But he was worried. Mm. And one of the hardest things for me was that I was not there when he died, that I couldn't be there with him. That really hurt a lot. Mm -hmm. And there was a night that the kids were asleep and I was praying the rosary. You know, and Mark and I prayed the rosary every night. He taught it to me and he was very into the rosary. We prayed it every night together. And he would always kind of twist our rosaries together. Um and put it on our Bible at night before he went to bed. It was part of his little OCD routine. He had several, (laughs) he had OCD really bad. And the rosary was how he proposed to me. He couldn't afford a ring. He was just a core guy and he couldn't afford a ring. And so he gave me a rosary and when it was in a little hinged box and when you opened it, it said, Sean, will you marry me? Mm. And he wore that rosary around his neck the day we were married and I still have it. It's an antique rosary. Nice. And so there was a night that I was praying the rosary because something I would say to widows is 
don't worry about do whatever you have to do to get through, you know, to get through the night or whatever. Like I made an extra cup of coffee. I made the same cup, number of cups of coffee for years. Mm. One for me, one for him. And now I just drink two cups of coffee in the morning instead of one, you know, <laughs> it merged into that. But um, whatever you need to do. And I was praying the rosary one night and I really felt like he was there. And you know how you can tell if your spouse is smiling in the dark, even if you can't see them, you yes. just kind of feel it. It's it felt yeah. like he was so it close was, to me. Mm -hmm. And I felt like he was communicating to me what it was like when he died. And, you know, I don't know if that was just me or whatever, but it really changed things for me. It really helped. It was a gift from God, I think. Because I felt like I understood that he was he was he didn't really understand what had happened you know mm -hmm. and then he was like where are you supposed to go when this happens <laughs> what are you supposed to do yeah but that got clearer to him you know right 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 and then he showed me that or i felt like he did about what it was like for him in the emergency room and to hear what i said and how his guardian angel was next to him and that's, I know that all sounds really weird, but I've heard so many stories from other people that are just like that. No, if you see that movie, I was just referring to. Oh, really? To, okay. It's very yeah. much like that. Yeah. I have felt, and I think that it was how God helped me get through such a traumatic death. Like I said goodbye to him one morning. He went to play frisbee golf with his best friend, and then I never saw him again. Alive. Never. Mm. And it's also providential that before he left, he said, thank you for giving me two such beautiful children. Wow. And I said, thank you for giving me two such beautiful children. Mm -hmm. And he, you know, he kissed me and he's like, okay, well, we'll be back later. Then maybe we'll all go out for coffee. And that was it. I never saw him again. But I, I did feel like he was really, really close to me, especially when I prayed the rosary. And I always invite all of my people to pray the rosary with me because I know they're there. And he's the one that taught it that. to me. Yeah. And so I felt, um, and when my second husband died, now that was brain cancer, it was our first wedding anniversary after his death. And his name was Bob. And I felt so, I mean, there's so many weird questions that come up when people die. And I was, I was so like, I need to know if you miss me. Are you able to miss me? And that was bothering me that day so hard. Like it was just, it was a really bad grief day. And I went for a walk with my rosary. I invited him to pray it with me for on our wedding anniversary. And, you know, I felt like he did. And I was really sad. And when I went home, I was going through some emails of his that I was going to send to his mother. You know, I wanted him to see all the, his emails that I could find that were cute or whatever. And I came across one that had an attachment and I opened it and it was his big hand. It was a picture of his hand all covered with ink. He was a pressman at the yes, Eagle. Yes, that's right. And he had a green rosary in his hand and it was like this. And he, and it said, missing you. No. I'm not kidding you. Wow. Missing you. So when we... It was, your well, prayer was answered. Well, yeah. And I think that the big lesson from that is that when we pray, we can... We are, because of the communion of saints, we're in touch with everybody. 
you know, we're, con- we're all so connected. Right. And so what does it say in the liturgy of the hours? Something about our communion with our beloved dead through the sharing of spiritual goods. And so maybe this stuff isn't as weird as it sounds. You know, we, we're totally connected to them. And I, I promise that there are so many times cause my, my husband, my second husband was such a good fixer. You know, he, every place we went, he'd be like, they need to fix that. I ought to see if they want me to do it before we leave or whatever. He was just that kind of person. Mm -hmm. He'd be working on the cooks on the chef's car out in the parking lot or whatever. And sometimes I, I say, Bob, how do I fix this? Like one time I actually got locked in the cemetery because the the gates closed and I couldn't get out. I could, well, I could get out. I could have climbed it, but my car couldn't get out. And I just asked my husband, like, Help me. You know how, what a mechanical idiot I am. I have no idea how to get out of here. And he's, I just, it's like I suddenly noticed there was a little pin and I pulled it out and I drove through and then I put the pin back in there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, see, I want to pause a little bit on that because okay. this conversation is also including, you know, talking about holy souls, which we, mm-hmm. you know, we believe your husband's to be holy souls helping mm-hmm. you out in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I um, am a big I have a big devotion to oh, Holy Souls do? in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. Um, fostered by Terry Lipscomb. She's done uh-huh. a lot through the years in this community mm-hmm. to teach us all about Holy Souls and all they have to give us. Mm-hmm. So I'm really big, especially on my ancestors, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love these stories that just go right hand in hand with the way I think about them too. Mm-hmm. Um, asking for their intercession in the here and now mm-hmm. all the time. But oh, um, yeah. I'm definitely now going to invite them into my rosary. I don't think to do that because mm-hmm. my closest ones were not Catholic. Oh, okay. So I don't think about yeah, doing the but they are now. You know, I do. You're they not understand the first now. Told me that, right? Right. So, yeah, there's another time that my baby was choking, and because I I know now that it was because I was folding laundry on the bed and I had her right there. I think she swallowed a button. I think that's what happened, and I could not get it out. I could not get it out. I was kind of hysterical I you know I couldn't do it I was doing all the things they tell you in first aid class and I'm working and I finally I had to call an ambulance and before the ambulance got there she started turning different colors and I knelt and I was like Mark your daughter is choking I can't I don't know what to do you know you got to help her it was the feast of the guardian angels I remember yeah and um lots of grace rest of grace right there and before the ambulance even pulled up, suddenly she was breathing fine. And it never came out in her diapers. I never found that button. I could feel it down there when I was trying to get out. You're not supposed to do that. But of course, I, nothing else was working. I was kind of hysterical. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. But that night, there was a mass for my husband at St. Mary's in Hearn, which was my mom's church. And because my mom converted, my grandmother converted, my stepdad converted, a bunch of people. So that was really cool. That's Um, really nice. Yeah. But that night, and I told Father Greg McLaughlin before Mass started what had happened with the choking thing. And so he was like, "That, that might mean he's a saint, you know, that's really cool. You know, he said something about it during the Mass, too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty neat, huh? Very much so. There's lots of stuff like that in my life. And it just seems like 
yes, I've been asked to carry a very heavy cross, but God has always taken care of me. And another pivotal phone call for me after the death of my first husband was from a friend of mine who was widowed. And he said, darkness will really try to overcome you during this time. The devil likes to kick you when you're down. So you need to do the things that come of light, you know, like pray the rosary, all the things you know to do. Even when the anger comes, every, especially then, you sure. know, just pray. Tell God how angry you are. Don't just, you know, and I did. I've kicked sure. over flower arrangements at the cemetery and screamed and cried like that guy in the gospel who's mad and cutting himself with rocks in the cemetery and Jesus exercises demons from him. I've always thought that, oh, that's some, he probably his wife died because mm. I used to walk around in the cemetery just freaking out and thinking, I would like average out the age of all the widows on the headstones, like how long it had been since their husband died and they died, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't live 50 years without you. I, I can't, I'm only 30. Yeah, I can't do it. I right. can't do it. How could you do this? And I remember at adoration thinking, how could you, how, how can you be happy in heaven when I'm suffering like this right. so bad, you know? Yeah. So how did you reconcile with that? I felt like he said to me, Mary stood at the foot of the cross, Bless which meant, which mm -hmm. meant to me that he was standing at the foot of my cross, that he was there for me in my suffering. Yeah. And I don't know if you know this, but in 2015, uh, my family had four deaths really close together from 2012 to 2015. We lost, first we lost my second husband from cancer, which he had a beautiful death and he saw something right before he died. And we all saw him see something in the upper right corner of the room. He just, his face lit up, so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And he died in my arms too. Lots of kisses, lots of singing. But we lost him. And six months later, we lost my mom. And then... In 2015, we lost, my brother committed suicide and my stepdad died in a house fire. Oh, so, Sean. yeah. So, um, one of my Facebook friends was angry with God about this and he wrote on my Facebook, Dear God, please leave Sean alone. <laughs> I can't think of anybody who loves you more. Mm. You know, well, you know, there was that saying that, um, yeah, I know. He loves you most when he gives you these crosses. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and what is it? It doesn't feel like that. Teresa of Avila says, no wonder you don't have so many friends. Yeah. yeah she joked. <laughs> yeah. When people you say, whatever doesn't kill you, make you stronger. I always say, I'm strong. I was strong enough. I, you know. No. no. I don't like that. I don't. Saying. I'm not going to pretend that I've been okay. And I don't know if I give good advice to people. I don't know if I did any of this right. You know, I think... One of the biggest turning points for me was telling God that, okay, I will stay here as long as you want me to, you know, increase the strength of my soul. Right. And please help me to get better and not bitter. Yeah. I didn't want to end up bitter, right. you know? Right. Um, I wanted to grow in compassion and stuff. I did not want this is not the life I wanted. I did not want this, you know. I you never asked for, for it. it. Right. Yeah. So don't even think that I was not 
I wasn't like, oh, God's will or whatever. And when people said that to me, I would always be like, then why did Jesus die on the cross if he was okay with us having to die? You Mm -hmm. know, I know that none of us leaves this world without God's permission. And that's something my husband and I, when we were fighting cancer, that we used to say, I know that he's not going to leave this earth without God's permission. And the night that he told me, okay, I'm ready to go to Jesus. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I was like, I went out into the hall after I told him it was okay. He could go. And it was like, Jesus, I will not deny you anything. And, and I felt like God was like, neither will I deny you anything. And I'm like, okay, so where does that put us at a stalemate? And he's, he's like together, you know? Wow. Put you together. Mm -hmm. And I read that Faustina said her heart, mother Mary at the, at the Ascension felt that she, her heart was shattered to pieces, but she could not want her heart could not want what God did not want. Yes, because she had that perfect union. And we forget that Mary was a widow. And I hated that. We never think about that. Our Lady, the Exalted Widow, because it's not in the seven sorrows of Mary that Joseph, Joseph's death. And that would have, and I know from experience that that would affect her profoundly. You don't even feel like a whole person when your spouse dies because you're at one with them. Mm -hmm. You don't understand why you're here. How they could, where's all this love supposed to go? How can I be a complete person without him? How do I keep from killing myself? And people say, oh, you're children. But that's not true. Because I thought, I hope this plane crashes because we'll be better off. You know, I just was not okay. Mm-hmm. And and people say, oh, I'm so proud of you that you kept your faith. And it, that was never a question for me. Yes. Well, I, I mean, have, I okay. So let's talk about that for a second mm-hmm. because I have a very like a, a high school friend, actually mm-hmm. middle school friend, mm-hmm. who lost her son and her nephew in a tragic mm-hmm. car accident. They were both nineteen at the time, mm-hmm. and she lost her faith over it. She did. I can understand. To this day, she lost her faith. She thought, you know, mm-hmm. you know, God has a plan. God mm-hmm. knows everything. So, what would you say to people? Well, and I think part of what you were just already saying, which I've really felt like. You know, during 2020, mm-hmm. I I went through. I didn't I didn't have a lot of fear because I kept mm-hmm. thinking, well, God knows my expiration date. That's what I would say. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> God knows my expiration date, and I'm good with whatever He chooses, um, and mm-hmm. it is good for Him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but so you I, had a health scare, uh, or something? No, not really. Oh, okay. But you know how it was just frightening You're, during that time. Yeah. About oh yeah yeah I gotcha. A lot of people were so very frightened to get COVID. Right. Yeah. There was a lot of that fear, mm-hmm. but I just, I just didn't, I wasn't going to be fearful because of, I feel like God knew my expiration date. Mm-hmm. Um, but saying that, what would you say to these people that have lost their faith? How can you, how can they bring them back in? How can we say, you know, through such grief and tragedy, you don't want to hear, you know, oh, God's plan kind of thing. Like no, you said, you what, I mean, for someone who's been through it, mm-hmm. I mean, what I would think is, that's what got me through was my faith. That's what makes yeah. life and taking another breath each day worthwhile. Well, in the arguments I had with my second husband about God, <laughs> you know, he would say, oh, well, science shows that it was like this or whatever. Yeah. I, um, and I used to say that if I found out tomorrow that God didn't create the world, 
God would still be God. Like, so what? That does not bother me. You know, Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to tell me all the molecules that are in the Eucharist, so what? You know, that doesn't matter. And the only thing I could say to somebody that lost their faith over it, I mean, I actually don't know what I could say to help them. I would have to know that person and love that person. But I would just say that God remains God and loves you. Even if you don't, even even if you're hurting, even if. And God understands it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I said to my husband when his cancer came back and he was just really looking at, he was hitting the wall, you know, like, you know, as I said that, he goes, what do you think? You know, what about our, the faith in God and all that with my cancer being back? And I, like, all I can say is that our God did not die in a shower of rose petals. He died naked and bleeding like an animal. Yes. Nailed to a cross. Our God suffered. And that's all I have. Yeah. You know, and that's what appeals to me the most about his passion and death. For me, as someone who's suffered, you know, and I'm only able to say like 0.005% of it on the radio, you know, but... What What is the most meaningful to me about his passion and death is that he saw all this. All of it, yes. And, and he experienced all of it with Amen. me, with us. And that, you know, and he loved that he was there with me. And the only way, the only way Satan can hurt God is to hurt us, is to bring us away when we need him most, when he wants to draw us into his arms like a mother hen, as he said. Right. So it's that battle between good and evil, always choose good. Yeah. And I would also just say the things that get you through, like Mother Teresa said, if someone doesn't believe, she says, fine, you believe in love. Start doing acts of service. You know, that's so beautiful. Like that story about the lady that was saying to her dying husband, how will I live without you? What am I going to do, Mo? And he said, take that love you have for me and spread it around, you know? And I feel like my love goes straight to my husband's because I feel so, I still feel spiritually close to them. I was going to say, that's your your relationship with their holy souls. Yeah. Is that relationship? I've always been a very big, I I felt it in my soul even Mm -hmm. before I was Catholic Mm -hmm. about, you know, souls are, are eternal and so that we do continue to have relationship mm-hmm. with them, um, even after they're gone. Um, mm-hmm. And in one way or the other, mm-hmm. they're still so close and so near. So mm-hmm. in this month of Holy Souls, I haven't been to the cemetery yet. I like to go every November. So yeah, I, I like still... to go wash. My husbands are buried together. Um, my second yeah. husband requested that, and I had a I had a space for me next to my first husband. They had been friends, but you know, when my first husband. He was unconscious, it turned out, because of a brain tumor. He had a horrible seizure, and his brain was bleeding. And they told me they didn't know if he was going to make it through the night, if he would ever talk again. I had my rosary in my hand, and that's all I could do. I just held it. Right, right. But when he woke up, he started telling me how sorry he was, how all he ever wanted to do was make me happy, and how much he loved me. It could have been on TV. And he also told me that my first husband had come to him and said, Go back. Go back. 
Wow. And take care of Sean and Mary and Rosie. Those are my daughters. Right. Go back. And so he did. So my second husband asked if he could be buried next to my first. So that's what I did. And yes. they're going to have to squish me up real little, put me in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> I've actually seen them. I noticed that. But yeah. I've spent a little more time out there at um, mm-hmm. Mount Calvary here mm-hmm. in the Bryan area. Um, that's where I learned the Hail Mary. Wow. In so, that cemetery. Because we used to have picnics there. Wow. Yeah. So I lost my father last October a year ago. Thank you. He had dementia. So it was Mm -hmm. like one of those natural ends that makes Mm it more palatable, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Right. Um, And then my mother-in-law in in May and then my my stepdad about um, a week ago. Oh, no. He was a veteran. Well, thank you. I mean, they they both were just worn out. Their Mm -hmm. poor bodies were worn out. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think it is a good end, you Mm -hmm. know, for them. They they all got to be either in their eighties or very close. My Mm -hmm. stepdad was a week away from his 80th birthday and he was a Vietnam veteran Mm -hmm. who suffered from agent orange poisoning um, so much. So he's gone to his good reward as well. So, but yeah, so I, I, I spent some time out there as well. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to going back. I haven't been there this November. I usually, Love the tradition of walking and saying the rosary and praying. Mm -hmm. So we've got some lovely, I've got some lovely friends there. I've got a child there. Um, Yeah, I had a, actually, this is actually kind of a a sweet story. And we've got to wrap it up though. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Gosh, this has been about 15 years ago now. Um, I had a baby die in utero at about mm. 17, 18 weeks gestation. I'm so sorry. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, I learned so much through my grief of losing that child. That was one of the more difficult ones for me, obviously, mm-hmm. of, the, of my girlfriend who died so young. Mm-hmm. But um, for someone in your family, you have an intercessor in heaven looking upon the face of God. So to all you mommies who have suffered miscarriages or um, infant loss in some mm-hmm. way, you have someone that looks on the face of God intercessing for you all the time. So keep that in mind. I was going to say that, so I'm glad you said it. Yeah, keep that in mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And all of our loved ones, especially those that shared our DNA and those that we were joined with in matrimony, um, looked on the face of God and can intercess for us. Mm -hmm. And let's ask for a shower of graces given to us by the Blessed Mother during this time. And and I guess that's one way, that's the only last thing would be um, how you make it through the holidays. You know, okay. and we got the holidays right around and well, this is kind of winded up on that. This is the first time since my mother died. My mom was only 63 and it wasn't, you know, it was very hard, but um, nobody did the holidays like her. So this is the first time I'm looking forward to the holidays because I finally have my own house and I can mm. have my kids over. Our family's a lot smaller now, but <laughs> I can, we joke about these things. Um so I can finally, you know, so one thing we do is uh, we decided to change it all up because mm-hmm. it just makes us sad trying to do what mom always did. Right. But okay. we do some of the things that she did. And we also put, we've kept up some of the traditions, but not all of, so we'd have to be, you know, and we put candles on the table for each of our beloved dead. Nice. Yeah. I like that. So that they're kind of all there. And we usually, if we're the three of us are together, we're going to end up telling stories about them or laughing about something they said, you know, that one Thanksgiving we played a prank on my mom. And 
<laughs> oh my goodness. That's so beautiful. Yep. Yeah. So can you believe we're out of time? I can't believe yeah, it. It was really fun. I, I really enjoy uh, visiting with you, Sean. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of feeling you're going to be a regular. Oh, cool. <laughs> At least I hope yeah, you anytime. are. Um, I love uh, your insight and mm-hmm. just the depth of your thought. And so Thank I encourage you. you guys to follow her at her blog at um, read my book. Bethany Hangout. And yes, <laughs> um, Mary's House, right? Mm-hmm. At Come to Mary's Come House. Come to Mary's Spending House. Spending time with our Blessed Mother. It's from our Sunday visitor. You can get it anywhere. Amazon, Target Books, anything, which is really weird for me, but that's the truth. And I'm writing some other books now. Wonderful. Well, I hope sometimes. About you- the rosary, one of them. Yeah, and I hope maybe you'll end up writing something about um, grief and holy souls and the relationship and how it just, one of the most comforting things I ever heard, like especially when my girlfriend died Mm -hmm. at such a young age, um, that our relationships don't end, they merely change. This is true. All right. They're still with us. Well, Sean, thank you again. It's been amazing. Love is the thing that doesn't die. No, it doesn't. It follows, Mm -hmm. you know, with faith, hope, and love. There's only one after death, and that is love. Mm -hmm. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for just uh, joining us today in our our conversation on holy souls and grieving and love and the blessed mother in the rosary. So until next time we meet on the air, go and love your neighbor. neighbor.